0: Hey you guys, it's Kilowatt. I apologize for, um, for being so silent, but I had found myself at a place where I just wasn't coming up with anything really positive to say. And, um, also managed to hurt somebody that I do love and care about with, uh, with my own distorted perception of what reality was for me at the time. So I needed to clarify, um, from my last podcast that, um, that Bren is a very good dad. He's a very good dad. He's been a very good partner. This is not about him being a shit human being cause he's a wonderful human. Um, I just had a lot of anger and frustration about, um, what his love for me was. And, um, I think ultimately it's just become this really dysfunctional relationship and definitely not with any help for me because I do have uh, a drinking problem. And I have a lot of emotional stuff. And I'm not a very fair partner to be in a relationship with. Which is why I am openly saying I am definitely not dating. And I'm not looking to become entangled with anyone else. I'm so sorry that I hurt Brent. I don't want anyone to judge him or hate him. Um, I just... Sometimes I don't know how to cope with um, sadness and it channels into a type of anger and I suddenly find myself incredibly angry at another human when really it's just actually me projecting my sadness of a situation onto someone else and then trying to judge them for it and make them the bad guy. And the truth is, yeah, I'm fucking the bad guy. I am the bad guy and I'm fine to own that. Um, so that being said I will try my best to keep him out of these podcasts because he doesn't like it and I understand why because he's a private individual and I am, I've never been very private so I get that um, so moving forward from that um, that was something I wanted to like add Um, If you just listen to the last podcast. So my apologies to Brent. I do love you. I think you're an amazing human. And I hope that we can come out of this weird place in our lives as people, um, healthy and fully functional parents to our children who we both love and care about very much. Second of all, the coronavirus has completely touched down in Portland which has made life incredibly interesting. Um, yeah, I don't think I was fully understanding. Like I, I haven't even gone to the grocery store yet. Okay. I get paid Wednesday. I need to get a phone, um, my contacts and go to the grocery store. Like those are my three main focus, like my focal points for that. And, um, Yeah, I mean, this is an epidemic, right? That is completely derailing our entire system. Uh, And there's so much fear-based everything. At the same time, there's, there's plenty of reason to be afraid, honestly. I mean, my mom just had surgery in January. And she's going to physical therapy for her knee. And she has fibromyalgia. She's 68 years old. That being said, she also lives in the heart of Multnomah County and she's surrounded by people and I'm just trying not to be scared for her because of the fact that I know she doesn't have the best health. And at this point, I just, I haven't really gone over there because I'm afraid that I'm being exposed to something that could potentially kill her. I don't want to go near anybody that's older. Um, and I don't like to spend a lot of time in the presence of elderly people at public settings. Because I understand that this is a very threatening thing. And everybody likes to bring up, oh, well, it's, you know, the flu kill. Yeah, you're right. The flu does kill a lot of people. But the flu doesn't get spread around worldwide and shut down governments and shut down banks and make everybody lose their fucking mind. Yes, media hype does do that. You are correct, okay? However, um, there's like a target audience that are, that they're dying from this. And that is probably like the greater generations that hold a lot of knowledge that don't need to be wiped out by some fucking virus. Like I'm, I'm really, really worried that they're gonna, like a lot of older people are dying in the near future. That's, that's one of my big fears right now. And I and I don't think that I was even considering the fact that they would shut down restaurants and bars. Because I've never lived through anything like this. I mean, I'm 34 years old. Yeah, I'm kind of with it. But, like, truthfully, I only woke up about four years ago and realized that I wasn't the only human here. Like, I didn't realize that other people have feelings. And I just kind of realized, looking back, oh, wow, I've kind of been a jackass. <coughs> and then I continued to be an asshole. So, I mean... One can say that I'm an enlightened human, but I don't feel like I am because every time I turn around, I have another like epiphany where I realize that I'm kind of a dick. And it's like super hard to understand that and to still love myself, even though I make life a lot harder for people that I love. And so, yeah, I'm super flawed and I'm not going to lie to you about it because that's not something I fucking feel has ever been something I'm really good at. If I lie, it's because I'm, I'm not truly accepting a part of me and there's something that I don't understand and won't process and refuse to look at. So I'll lie about something like for a long time. I lied that I had a drinking problem, but when I realized that I needed to have beer every night before bed um, and then I would try and tell myself okay you don't need to have that like don't do it but I'd still buy it or be really upset when I couldn't afford to buy it like that's a mad crutch right there and it it's um, I didn't like to look at it I didn't want to look at it I still haven't fully addressed that and it's it's hard. Like I struggle with that because I have no off switch. I don't have an off switch, and I'm always moving and going and exerting energy and and um, trying. <coughs> and I think that um, when I finally get to a place where I can release that, I will probably like dominated the world. <laughs> <coughs> I mean, like, truthfully, like, that would mean that I probably kick depression. And I know that that does not help depression. In fact, it probably makes it worse. And I get that, too. Like, these are things I understand but refuse to look at, won't work on. I just, I don't know why. Like, I just can't do it yet. I'm not ready. And so I'm accepting that of myself. And I'm just continuing to do the best that I can. I won't break the law. I won't put anyone else in jeopardy. I won't, you know, like I have my limits. But I, if I didn't have to, I probably would be like in a big, big trouble. So I'm fortunate to have the responsibilities that I have, where I know I need to be functional and have a zero uh, point, like a 0.0 alcohol, uh, blood alcohol content. Like I know when I need to produce that. And I know exactly when, because I had the privilege of having a breathalyzer for, uh, over a year almost in my car. So I know exactly how much I can have. I know how long it takes. I know when I'm even slightly inebriated because I had to focus on that. So I didn't fail anything for a full year and a half almost. Um, and so, I'm like really, really bothered that my voice has been affected so greatly because I have so much to say. And it's like, if you don't even have a voice to speak your truth, nobody's going to have the patience to try and sit and listen to you push squeaky words out of your lungs so you can say shit. Um, But I just had to put this podcast out today because... I was driving around and looking at everybody panic and I went to the store on my way home from work like I usually do and I noticed that there was like zero eggs at the local Albertsons and I haven't gone grocery shopping I've been waiting to get paid to go grocery shopping and I'm looking around and I'm like there's no eggs weird and then I'm looking around and there's not a lot of anything and I'm starting to wonder wow this is this is uh like this is getting a little different and it's not what I'm used to I mean I'm 34 I've not experienced this type of thing happen you know and um we're watching these people on the news stations give recommendations about how many people we can you know be around in our physical presence and we're watching our streets empty out and we're watching the buildings hollow and we're watching the items fall from the shelves to nothing into the carts of the other and who we can't talk to or look at and for somebody who is a very much a people person I'm really scared to watch them disappear from the streets I'm also really proud of people for doing that to protect those who who couldn't fight off the virus with their immune system. Because there is something really precious about protecting people you don't even know. There's something really noble about that. And there's something about caring about a human you don't know enough to limit and restrict your own actions because of that. So... Thank you for those who have actually made it an effort to like keep away and try not to contract this virus because it's obviously extremely contagious and I'm not making light of it, but when I, you know, whenever I get my phone, I'm going to be posting a fuck ton of shit on Facebook because I've been limited to only resharing shit that I've already shared in the past. Like, I can only share things that I see on the timeline, but I can't post my own stuff. And as somebody who's used to producing original content, that drives me insane. I'm not even quite certain I'll be able to share this fucking podcast, but you know I'm going to try. You know I'm going to get one of my fucking henchmen to do it with me. Like, probably Lisa fucking Carlisle or Grace. I mean, God knows it won't be Brent because he's got me blocked and I don't blame him. Um, but I might post a lot of memes in the next couple of days about the coronavirus Okay, and that might just be me making light but I know that it's serious I know it's serious when I'm watching people that I love to drive around every day get on my bus and they're crying because they do live paycheck to paycheck and they just got laid off from their jobs and I'm thankful that you know, uh, we have the state of emergency funds available to help, you know, get these people through this time. But if you make tips to get through and you're living every day to day, right? And then you go to work and you find out that you got no fucking money until the unemployment department can send you a check in like one to two weeks. And you don't know how you're going to eat. You don't know how you're going to get anything, And nobody around you can either because they're also struggling. And then like even today I had to fucking ask my little sister, my little sister for money because I am running out of gas and I have to get food for my dog and they just shut off my Internet. Like, when I took that time off work, it fucking sucked because I didn't get a goddamn paycheck. And I also got put on an attendance program. So, I'm working on the bare minimum. And I thought I was going to finally get caught up. And now it turns out I have to go buy supplies. And also prepare mentally for the fact that they may potentially shut down our entire city. Which would put me in an extreme um, predicament. Because... God knows that I have to work and I'm like attempting to save money to get my own place. But guess what? That's probably not going to happen anytime soon if the entire fucking city shuts down and we don't have any way to make money. (coughs) Like I'm like thinking about this video that I watched about uh, a couple in Wuhan where uh, the husband, I was a post on a BBC and they just shared this documentary of being in quarantine in Wuhan and what that was like. And his wife was an emergency nurse, uh, worked in the ER, the local hospital, contracted the coronavirus. They have a young son. Um, he was lucky enough to be working from home. Um, but they're still, you know, dealing with the the issue of not being able to get people their medicine like these people can't just go to the store there's no transportation these doctors had to depend on volunteers until they could establish transportation for the emergency response people like we're really not prepared for this like this is actually quite terrifying when our president says yo Remember when I said that this was going to blow over and it's just something the fucking Democrats created? Well, now fast forward to today, it's a national emergency and he's telling all the governors to get their own fucking ventilators and not wait for the government to do shit. When he was saying, I'm going to make these funds available so we can make sure everybody's got what they need. Now he's saying, well, it's possible you might not be getting what you need, but at the same time, you know, like get ready because shit's getting real and... God, dude, like, that's, that sucks. That really blows. Um, so I'm driving home and I have, uh, 44 miles of gas in my car. Hey, you guys, I'm back. I think my phone, uh, does this weird thing where it cuts out when I turn my car off. Which I naturally did immediately upon arriving home because of my 44 miles to go problem. (coughs) But back to what I was saying. I think maybe Jake might be planning to come out here pretty soon. Um, Back to what I was... So if you hear me, stop talking. It's because my child has found me in my car. Um, But what I've... uh, What I experienced today was I had requested that my little sister send me some fucking money so I could get some gas and maybe buy, like, some toilet paper while it's still here. (coughs) If I can find any. I was making jokes with my passengers today to try and make it less awful. Um, And I was saying shit like, oh, well, it's a good thing that uh, Kate Brown shut the fucking bars down because she just ruined my backup plan. To get toilet paper, (laughs) which my grand plan in my brain of me being an evil criminal mastermind would be to just roll around to every local watering hole and steal, like, a handful of toilet paper from every single one so that I could have, like, a nice roll of toilet paper by the time I was done, which kind of falls uh, really close in line with the Dick and Jane movie. (coughs) Where there's, like, something going on with uh, a company and Dick plays, played by uh, Jim Carrey, is actually, um like, made the fall guy for something comparable to what Enron was with the CEOs, where they made their business look really great and then they, like like sold everything um and got out of it before it was too late and then they crashed and they were like oh well sorry guys we just nominated this new CEO who plays Jim Carrey so Jim Carrey and his wife um like lose everything and as a means to help uh make his wife feel better about the situation he loses his mind one night and he takes a shovel and he runs around <laughs> to every fucking yard that he can find and he not only steals perfect squares um at some point their lawn gets repossessed (laughs) and she's crying and she's like we don't even have grass jim and i guess his name was uh dick richard (coughs) and she's just like we don't even have grass and everything's awful and blah 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 and um And so he's like sitting there and and something snaps and he's like, you know what, I'm going to get my bitch some grass and he runs around and he steals, you know, 12 inches by 12 inches because he doesn't want to steal from a whole, like a whole chunk because he doesn't want to actually harm anyone. He just wants to harm them a little bit. So that he can get what he needs to make his wife feel better about a shit show situation, and for me, this concept of running around to every single bar in town and stealing a little bit of toilet paper was my solution to keep my family's asses clean during this goddamn lockdown situation and I thought I was a fucking genius until today at two forty eight pm Cape Brown tells everybody like this morning she says, no, I'm not ready to do that. I don't want to do that to these people. Like they're going to lose their homes. They're going to suffer. Like everybody already lives paycheck to paycheck. Like I can't fucking do that. And then we got a message from the CDC that said, actually, remember when we said 50? Yeah, we mean 10 because today, like our state just got eight new cases and other places are popping up all over the place. So they're seeing that this, particular like situation is unraveling far faster than they're ready for. So they need to take extreme cautions and do like really deliberate things like shutting every fucking bar and restaurant down on St. Patrick's Day. I mean, dear God, that's impressive. Like, like a, it's just, you know, the synchronicity is what I meant is impressive not the fact that they're shutting it down because that sucks um but I mean I just spent today like roaming around in a city that was barren (coughs) when I did get people on my bus they were thanking me for being there like they were genuinely thankful and they said I don't have a place to get a ride from like I don't have a car this is my only option I literally moved here because I don't have a car and I'm not legally able to drive because I have seizures like people that need to get places because transportation is essential and the way that our city is set up is that there's just a bunch of intricate little tiny towns all linked to one big city and we all need to get to the big city and we can't fucking do that without our bus system and transportation is essential for survival it just is. So I have people who know that they're in the woke, like vulnerable groups. They're older. They have no one to drive them. Their kids like don't talk to them, or they live in another state, or you know, like very vulnerable people are are going out in the public just to get the bare minimum, and um, we don't have any help for these people if our transportation system shuts down. So I go to work and everybody says, Thank you so much for being here. Oh my God, thank you. Like, I don't think I ever truly valued what you guys did until I was worried that they were going to cancel like buses. And everybody's afraid and everybody's terrified of this shit. And it's, it's heavy. It's really heavy. It is. And I have a lot of really good fucking friends who they eat. Because they can turn cans in. They can get a hotel room sometimes. It helps them put food on the table. It helps them save for college. Like they return the cans to get the money. And today the OLCC shut down the can drop situation. (sighs) Yeah, it's like super real right now. Because it feels like the focus is... Is to end the, the potential for contagious situations, but of course the people with the, with the least amount of savings, the people who suffer from any type of mental health, the people who don't have a home or cars, uh, networks, connections, they're the first ones that go up on the chopping block, okay? I get it. You're lucky that you get to work from home and you don't have to fucking go to the front lines every fucking day. I'm I'm getting it. Like I totally get it. It is way like this is. If this was the game of life, which it is, uh, this would be the setup where you, if you chose to forego college to get to work faster because you had shit going on and you thought maybe I can become an entrepreneur and I'll make some money down the road and I'll be happy that I didn't get all the debt for college. Okay. Let's say you have that mindset. Well, I chose that mindset because I was in college. And then when my best friend died, I had to look at the things that mattered to me. And at the time, I had been juggling a family and a love and and friends. And I had no time to spend with anybody because I was going after a degree that was only going to take me away from them. <coughs> And I, uh, I realized that I needed to prioritize and, and take some time to evaluate what I wanted. And so I got into bus driving and guess what? I fucking fell in love with people. I fell in love with people. I figured out how to socialize there. I figured out how to establish healthy boundaries. I figured out how to fucking handle threatening situations and take a punch in the face and get people off a bus when there's a gun. And I figured out how to show up every day when I know that I could be eventually infected with something that could kill my own fucking mother. So yeah, in the game of life, this is that situation where I look back and I'm like, maybe I should have finished my degree in a field where I could work from home right now. But I am going to tell you right now, the people who have the ability to work from home who are healthy, please stay inside. Please don't come out here when shit can get real and when you can get infected. Stay inside. Yes. But when we need you, and when our elders cannot get their fucking medicines because all the goddamn stores are shut down and they closed the buses. And when we have people who need to be at the hospital assisting those who are dying because of this out- outbreak, please, for the love of God, be at, uh, at the first of the front lines to show up, even though you're lucky enough to have the job and work remotely. Please. Because that is the absolute only way we're going to get through this time as, as a fucking society. Like, I'm, like, not trying to freak people out, but this is, like, that's what they were doing in Wuhan. When everybody was quarantined and they shut down the bus system, they were using people that volunteered to take them. Wh- like, they go, they pick them up, and they make it a very quick trip, it has to be limited, and they disinfect their entire car before and after they pick them up and take them to the hospitals or, uh, deliver, you know, pharmaceuticals to elderly who, you know, need antibiotics and shit like that. Like when things get super real, we're going to need those people to volunteer. And today I had the privilege of watching (coughs) a lot of fuckery. Okay. Like I, my first run, I, 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 I saw a man uh like passed out on the ground and it looked like he'd urinated himself and his dog was totally freaked out and it was literally at the front of a fucking building and I saw nobody next to him, not a single person. And I saw these two kids get off and I said, yo, could you check him for me? And they kept walking and like practically stepped over his body to keep going in their own direction. And I was like, yo, so I fucking ran out and I like walked up to this guy who was like out and his dog is freaked out. And I don't know if his dog bites. I don't know if his dog got rabies. Like I don't fucking know shit. And I go running up to this guy and I'm like, Oh my God, are you okay? Like, Hey, yo, wake up. And I go over and I touch his shoulder. And as soon as I touch his shoulder, someone says, we got a medic. And I turn to the right and i right behind like this little bush tree branch thing that was blocking my view for me bending down looking at the sky I see a motorcycle cop who's shown up and I was like oh thank god and so I back up because I know that like they're trying to get to him and I realize that I'm blocking the fucking medic like the medics are there and I just got out of my bus because I saw some dude passed out and I was like shit so I like drove off <coughs> not that whole circle I kind of felt like I was just going to be in the way like, I was like, God, I want to help, I want to help, but I'm just going to be in the way. And I felt like that, this this circle, I was, like, finishing it out, and I, I had an empty bus, and I was like, well, this is really bad, because, like, what am I even doing here? Do I serve a purpose at all? And I picked up a woman who was running after my bus, and I said to her, oh, I'm so glad that she made it, you know, and she starts to cry and she's like, I left my purse on this bus, uh, like 30 minutes ago and I just realized it's not with me and I was almost home and now I've walked all the way here because I just am frantic and, um, she was an elderly lady and she says, I... Cannot lose that. I just got my debit card back. I need to put money in the bank. I need to do it. I'm going to lose my fucking house. Like I'm freaking out. I got to put money in this bank. And I can't lose that purse. And I need it. And so she's freaking out. And I told her to take a seat. And that she can come with me. And we would try and find her back. And throughout the course of the night. Like, now, granted, our dispatchers are literally overloaded. We've got canceled runs. We got fucking lots of shit going on at work. And these dispatchers are busy. And the last thing they need to fucking do is find a goddamn purse, right? Like, I know that they have more things to do. And I felt bad, but she was so distraught and so frantic, and it was so important to her. And I said, okay, now it's possible that the operator, you know, Is not gonna get this, but I'm gonna ask them, see what they can do. Well, our dispatchers kind of hesitant and said she needs to call Austin found. I said, well, she doesn't have her phone because her phone's in her purse. Like everything, this woman has is in her bag, and she is an older woman who doesn't want to be in the public right now, and she's running around like a crazy person with a fucking walker trying to find her bag. And I'm just like, yo, like Linda. I remember she told me her name was Linda. And I said, listen, Linda, listen. And she didn't get the reference. I laughed, but it was not. It didn't sink. In, and that's fine. Uh, I said, listen, Linda, listen. You're not listening to me, Linda. You need to hear me, okay? You're not going to lose your purse. You're going to get it back. I promise you, I am just lucky like that. I've had the privilege of finding you know multiple items with the help of our dispatch and we're gonna find it and it's gonna be in your possession I promise I promise I promise and the entire time she's having a meltdown and she's got mad anxiety and she's crying and she's like I'm not gonna have a home and like I can't be out here like I'm gonna die this thing is gonna kill everybody and like she's freaking the fuck out like bad (coughs) and she says to me you know what if they don't find my purse just drop me off at the bridge and she starts laughing and then she starts to cry and I know what that meant and I said Linda you're gonna stay here with me because if I have to be here I need somebody to drive around I have to have a purpose I can't just be in the way and I started to cry a little bit inside. I didn't, you know, like I didn't cry in front of anyone. And I was like, um, if I have to show up every day, I really need somebody to drive. So if you could just be here tomorrow, that would be really cool. And then you could tell me that you found your purse if we don't find it tonight. And she laughed and she was like, yeah, I get that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. And I said, you know, like sometimes we say stuff that we don't want people to freak out about. But maybe you did. Maybe you're just really tired and you're really scared and you don't have a lot of money saved and you're just worried about being homeless and you know that this fucking virus just touched down and you're in the age group that's vulnerable and you're scared and you don't see that anybody here values you because they're still going out to bars and they're still having a great old time and they're all flipping out that they can't get together for fucking St. Patrick's Day. And meanwhile, you're in the age group that they decided was not important or relevant anymore and maybe you're kind of scared of that. It's okay for you to fucking think that nobody cares about you, but I'm going to tell you right now that I care and I'm here every day and I'm going to keep being here every day and I'm going to keep going in circles because I know that everybody needs to get places and as long as they're going to let me be here, I will be here. And it was like the most empowering circle that I've had after I felt like I served no point, like that I was just in the way. It was like, I told my friend Lisa today, I said, yo, this is like, this is like the gift of the universe today. Like all day I started to feel like, I mean, I couldn't even get the money that my sister tried to send me to help me out uh, through PayPal because PayPal has decided to sh- shut down. Like everybody's shutting down. Everybody's closing early. Everybody's fucking leaving. And meanwhile, like I am literally trying to figure out how to get to work so I can keep driving people in circles because they got to get there. because I faced like a medical emergency with my own child. I had to take three weeks off of work and nobody had the money to help with that either. I mean, I couldn't even get access to it because with the GoFundMe, apparently, like, I just don't have that gift. Like, I don't have the ability to figure it out. And I just realized, like, I'm not going to be able to fix this pending hold that PayPal somehow decided to put on my account the moment that I needed it the most. I'm not going to be able to figure that out. And I get paid Wednesday. So at this point, I just got to tough it out and figure out how to pay for gas tomorrow. Like, this is fucking real. And so I told Lisa, I said, after the fuckery that was today, it was so nice to see some type of, like, positive collaborating with other I think maybe commiserating would actually be an accurate statement we were all just commiserating on the bus about this shit we're dealing with and how scared we are and and like how initially we're like oh haha the coronavirus yeah okay and like now it's here and it's real and people are actually dying and it's getting weird and it felt really nice to um To help a woman who felt like she was really not valued. And anyway, they sent out a message to all the buses. All of the 14-line buses. And they said, yo, if you find a, a purse on your bus over here in this setup, please hit us up. Only call us if you found this purse. And um, an hour later after I called and I told them, look, like, did you find it? Did anybody find it? And they said no. And I said to Linda, even though she was super upset, I said, look, like after we all chatted and we were all laughing together and, and I we calmed her down, like as a bus, all of us just contributing to the conversation, we all talked and it was all so cool and it felt really good. And I had a lot of people say thank you for like this conversation. I really needed this because I was freaking out. And it felt nice to know that other people are scared. Like it felt nice to know that I was a part of a group of people that felt the same way, even though we're all different. We all come from different places and we're all going different places and we don't know what's next, but it felt really good to unite and just have that same stance where we're fucking super scared, but we're ready to help when we need to be there. And so I was preparing Lisa. I said, listen, not Lisa, sorry. Listen, Linda, um, you might not get your purse tonight. Okay. But I promise you it is that center garage. If you go there tomorrow and I ran through the route with her and how she would get there. And I said, if you need me to get you a day pass for tomorrow, um, I'll ask, you know, someone that I know that could help you out somehow. Like I didn't have the money, but I was ready. And I was just going to say, like, just tell them you're getting your thing. Like, they can't actually prevent you from riding. Like, I don't know what other drivers out there wouldn't let a woman who was trying to get her purse back get on a bus to get it. Um, But it's possible. You never know. And um, right as I was saying this to her. And right after we had this really great conversation with everybody on the bus and we all started to feel really united and she didn't want me to drop her off at the bridge anymore. And we were trying to find the positives to the set, like the setup. And she said, oh, if I had never done this, I wouldn't have done that. And then I wouldn't be here. And she was so upset. And I said, yeah, but if you had never lost your purse, you would never be on my bus and I would never have felt like I served a full purpose. And I don't think we all would have like grouped together to try and make you feel better. And I don't think that you would have felt as valued as you did tonight had you not lost your purse. So I think it was meant to be that you lost your purse and I know that you're going to get it back because this is a gift from the universe, that, that one thing that gives you a little bit of hope that you can keep going one more day. And she said, you know, maybe you're right. And then I get a call from dispatch and they said that they found the purse and it's actually on the bus right behind us. It's actually on the bus behind us. So the entire time she was freaking out and crying and having a hard time. She literally, she was 15 minutes away from her purse the whole time and she didn't even know it. And so we managed to get the purse back for her. And I got to leave feeling like like I'm not in the way. And I got to feel like we're not going to all die. And we can all just show up and be there for each other. Like just be an angel for somebody somewhere when you have the option to be and it will make them keep going and they're going to continue to be an angel for somebody else because they're going to remember how you helped them. And that is the mentality that is going to see us through this time. And I'm just asking you, if all you can do is just keep going and you feel like all you're doing is going in circles, lift somebody up, pick somebody up, help them, get them to where they need to be. And keep going in your circles, because that's what I do every fucking day, and I felt like today was a really good day, and I'm fucking thankful for that. So yeah, shit's real, and everything's hard, but please remember that you have the power inside of you to be a light to another human, and I just wanted to share that with you as my gift to you. This is the addendum to fuckery, okay? I don't know how to turn my phone off, because I suck at technology, Um. Okay, I found it. This is Kilowatt. I love you. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.